Hey friends, are you in search of something special to set your portraits apart? If you are, I'm excited to share Willow Canvas with you. Willow Canvas is a mother-owned company that creates beautiful, hand-painted, fine art backdrops. Willow Canvas offers a wide range of sizes to fit your space, whether you're traveling or in the studio. Each Willow Canvas is soft and neutral with a texture and tone that will complement your branding. Sarah, the artist behind Willow Canvas, is one of our favorites. She's so sweet and kind and dedicated to delivering personalized customer service with three ordering options, ready to ship, custom, or pre-order based on your chosen hues and textures. All of us at the Motherhood Anthology absolutely love Willow Canvas for its amazing customer service, beautiful colors, and exceptional quality. Discover the magic of Willow Canvas by heading over to their website at willowcanvasbackdrops.com, browse their beautiful galleries, and start creating the perfect backdrop for your photography. Find them on Instagram at willow underscore canvas or visit willowcanvasbackdrops.com and join their email list for a 10% discount on your purchase today. We all struggle with some form of imposter syndrome at some point. Even the most talented photographers struggle with nagging feelings of self-doubt. And in an industry where our business worth and reputation is judged mostly by images on a screen and in frames, these struggles can be all too real. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can overcome imposter syndrome, embrace your unique strengths, and recognize your true value as you grow and establish a successful photography business. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box, and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. Today, Lisa DeJeso is joining me on the podcast to talk about tackling imposter syndrome and how to find your true self-worth and confidence as a photography business owner. Lisa is a fellow photographer, owner of the online photography education hub, The Milky Way, and podcaster at The Art and Souls Show. When Lisa offered to join me on the podcast to discuss the hot topic of imposter syndrome, I jumped at the chance. Today, Lisa is sharing some of her best and most refreshing advice concerning how you can embrace imposter syndrome while also establishing your own self-worth in the motherhood photography industry. So now I present to you episode number 60 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. So tell us how the Milky Way got started. And and for those that maybe haven't heard of it, I know most of us know about the Milky Way, but tell us a little more about that and what exactly that is. Sure. The Milky Way is a photographer's resource with classes and courses and online retreats. And we've been around since 2012. And it basically, it started because my a good friend had come over. And at the time, I'd been getting so many questions on how I did my posing and my lighting and my editing. I had just so many emails that I was reading through. And she said, why don't you create something online and create like an educational resource? And I said, well, that's all well and dandy, but I don't know how to do any of that. And she, and she said, you know, it'd be really funny is if you called it the Milky Way, because it's your way and your milk and honey. And I, we thought that was hilarious. And so turns out she became my business partner. And 12 years later, she is still my business partner and we're still got the Milky Way, but it's not just my way anymore. Very cool. So you also have a podcast. 
how long have you had the podcast? So the podcast we've had for three years, we actually launched it the same week, the world lockdown during the pandemic. Talk about timing. (laughs) So we have shown up every single week since March 13th of 2020. So you did not plan that. No, we just decided. And it's been amazing. It's been so fun just getting to interview and get to know different photographers, find out different ways of doing business, talking about mindset, business and SEO and all the things, woo stuff, lots of spiritual stuff that I love to chat about too. So it's been really fun. Do you know how many episodes you've done now? Oh gosh, I think close to 170. Oh, wow. We, I think we just crossed the 50. Nice. Congratulations. I'm not sure this is maybe 58 or 59, something like that. But yeah, in the beginning, I thought, oh my goodness, because it's the job that never ends. As soon as you wrap one, you've got to think about, you're, you're always working for down the road, but I thought, oh, I don't know what I'm getting into here, but I want to try it. And it has been so much fun. I feel I feel like it's an excuse to get to almost have coffee with someone you want to chat with when people don't do that so much anymore or they're too busy for that. So I think it's so much fun. Oh, and it's a blast. I think also like having a photography business can often be really lonely, especially when it comes to connecting with our peers. So having an outlet to just have conversations about honest struggles or topics that sometimes maybe feel a little taboo. It's really just a wonderful way of therapy, I think, that I didn't even know I needed. I think so. When another thing that our we have Sarah, our podcast producer, and she, when we were contemplating this, I remember her telling me that a podcast is like a phone call with a friend. Like your listeners feel like who mm-hmm. else do they listen to in their ear once a week for about an hour? And that stuck with me because I think that's just a great privilege that we have that people would choose to listen to us for absolutely, you know, an hour a week. So yes, you sent over lots of great topics that you're passionate about and I couldn't pick one. So oh, no to- worries. <laughs> I can't pick one topic I'm passionate about either. I am passionate about everything. <laughs> so if you don't mind, we'll just run through some things. And I know that one thing I wanted to ask you a little about in you know, years of podcasting and talking with people in the industry and photographers, I would love to know reoccurring things that, I don't know if you would call them lessons or topics or truths, but could you name a few things that you see that come up over and over challenges maybe? I think that we all have an issue with undercharging. We all have an issue with self-value probably a little time management and a lack of belief in ourselves. I think that's a universal struggle that we all, you know, even the the longer that you've been doing something, the more of an imposter you often feel like. And I think those would probably be reoccurring themes that I see, especially with really successful women and even men too, that there is an imposter syndrome that we bump up against, that we have to push through, that we always wonder like, it's hard. It's something that I think we all inevitably deal with. What do you think that is? Like imposter syndrome, I think that kind of goes along with mindset and feeling like we're, and and I think all those things go together, feeling like you can charge enough that you're worth that. We just did a, on our, um, we just did a best of, recorded a best of for the end of our season and our, of our most listened to 
um, episodes and that those are things that the that all popped up was the mindset burnout charging what you're worth so what do you what are, what do we ever get to a point you think where we feel like we've made it or we're good enough or I don't know if we, anyone ever does I think that we just learn how to manage it and we continue to walk through it I think that no matter how successful you are and like you you can hear someone uh, like someone who's super successful and they're still going to have those doubts like you hear Sue Bryce even talk about it sometimes too mm-hmm. like it it just is what what it is and i think getting through it is just acknowledging that it exists that i am feeling fear about something but i'm going to do it anyway mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay and and frankly, no one is actually standing there pointing at you saying, ha ha, she fell on her face because everyone's so worried about falling on their own face that they're not even noticing if you do. Mm-hmm. And the friends that are noticing are your super fans and they're going to be the ones that help pick you back up. I think, and I don't know, there's some rules of photography. I've, I've been doing this for almost 20 years and as a, in the photography industry as a photographer. And so I, and you'll probably appreciate this too. There are these reoccurring things in our business. And one of them is when you feel like it's the worst session you've shot in a long time. It just, the magic didn't happen. The clouds didn't part. You almost want to call them and say, let's do that one again. And they're like overjoyed. They buy the most, they spend the most. (laughs) So I think that is the kind of the beauty of what we do. We're so hard on ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves. We are ridiculously hard on ourselves. Our clients book us because they love us. They love our work. They love spending that time with us, right? It's not just the photos. And our job is easy because we can do a, a mediocre job as a photographer, like the way we see it, like lighting and color and all the things, but that's the people that they love the most in the world. So you really can't do a bad job of capturing. And frankly, um, if, if you have a session where the kids are making faces the entire time, half the time, those are the images the family loves because it's what their kid was doing at the time. That's their personality. Like my outtakes are sometimes the most loved of my entire sessions. And it really goes back to that. What is the Maya Angelou quote that people forget what you did and said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. Like you said, people hire you for you. They want that experience with you. Yeah, absolutely. So that's very true. So you gave me a list. You said we all think undervalue ourselves. Or underestimate our worth, maybe. Yes, we do. We know we undercharge. So many of us get started and we don't actually do the work of crunching our numbers. And we look what the photographer down the block is charging and say, if you're charging that, I'll charge $50 less than that. And then we stay there for five years, which really isn't the way that we need to be running our businesses. And we get stuck in our head that that's all we can charge and that's all that we're worth when that's really not true. It's definitely something that I have personally had to work through to the point where I'm charging quite a bit more. And it's still hard. It's still hard because I'm like, oh my gosh, who's going to pay that? And they right. do, but it's still right. something you always work through. If you're always going to work through it and that's okay. We're supposed to be stretching ourselves. That's right. That's right. So t- let's talk a little bit about 
burnout. So you said that you were currently taking a sabbatical. Yep. So I think a lot of people don't even know they can do that. So let's I know, let's, right? let's talk about all the things. What do you think causes burnout? Is it just simply working too much? I think that there is a whole bunch of things. I think it's doing too much, maybe saying yes when you really mean no. When you get into the habit of people pleasing, I think that it is undercharging and overbooking. I think it's over delivering, giving, like I, I said, my package would contain 25 images, but I still would push out 125 in color and black and white. Like it was, so it was ridiculous amounts of editing that I was adding on top of everything. So I think speaking from experience, it was because I was giving so much of myself, I didn't leave anything left for me. And that led me to some really hard burnout where I didn't want to pick up my camera. I didn't want to do anything creative. And I just was really disenchanted with photography for a little while to the point where I just said, I need to put my camera down. I love photography, but I don't love photography right now. So I need to figure out how to get this back. Do you think that, and and I know probably that maybe that's easy for easier for you and I. So so I deal with the same thing because I have a couple of other businesses with the motherhood anthology and then I have indie film lab. So I have other things going on. So it would be, it's easier for me to say, I'm going to take a break. And I still struggle with that, even though I've done, like I said, I've been a photographer for 20 years, shot weddings and portraits and all the things. It's still really hard for me to say, I don't shoot. See, I still don't even know how to phrase that. I don't shoot anymore. I don't shoot very much anymore because I still love it. I still want to be able to do that as well when I want to, but maybe for someone else that doesn't have the things and they're thinking I'm tired and I need a break, but if I stop, will, will it be there for me? when I'm ready to come back. I think it will always be there. I think there will always, I have a belief that there will always be clients. If when I want to pick up that camera again, it's a marketing issue. It's not that a people issue. It's a marketing issue. If you're not getting clients in the door, I personally believe I have actually never spent a penny on marketing for my photography business. And I have been sold out for over 10 years and I have done it solely on word of mouth. And I think that if I were to go back or when I go back, I don't think I will have an issue because I believe that I, I believe it's, everything's going to work out in my favor. And I believe that the universe works in magical and mysterious ways, and it will always work out in my favor. So I think that may sound really Pollyanna of me, but it really has worked for me in my mm-hmm. life. But I definitely can appreciate that I am coming from a position of privilege where I have put myself in a financial position where I have the opportunity to take time off. Mm -hmm. I think that someone that may not be charging enough, that would be definitely harder for them, especially if they are overspending on props or client wardrobe or whatever things that they're spending their money on. It may not be as easy to save up in order to take that time off. If you're wanting to take maybe the summer off, start small. So what is it? What do you need to save in order to have the bills paid for June, July, August? And then start there, start somewhere, start even with one month. What's it going to take for me to have one month off where I'm not shooting? And what does that look like? And then when you are, if you want to do a year, if you need to do a year, you can build yourself up to that. You say, (laughs) oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes, it does. And I think 
I've laughed here before because I this is not very politely put, but I call it the I suck syndrome. So when I feel burnout, we're all scrolling going, oh, I suck. Oh my gosh. I know looking seriously. And the thing is, we're always comparing our straight out of camera shots to someone's polished work on Instagram. Always. It's that image that you pull on the back of your camera and you're going, oh God, doesn't look anything like XYZ photographer. Of course not, because you're comparing something that is not even edited to something that is completely polished, right? Of course it's going to look different and you're always going to lose. And I think it's, that's, you said it right there. It's, we have to be so mindful when we are aimlessly scrolling. Is this helping me or hurting me? And just, if you notice that you're on there and it's not helping you get off, go do something else, do something that is going to inspire you. And for me, sometimes I, it's literally just jumping from Instagram to Pinterest And then something Uh will spark an idea and I'll be like, oh gosh, I have an idea. And then, and it's just, it just have to switch your brain into something else. That's funny that you say that because that's exactly what I do when I'm feeling just yuck about Instagram and Facebook, I always go to Pinterest and it it does really spark something for sure. Okay. I'm inspired by something instead of comparing myself to something. So true. You have other tips? For avoiding burnout? Oh gosh. For avoiding burnout is give yourself office hours. Do not be available 24 seven. You don't have to, if you get a a Facebook message or a text at nine o'clock at night, you don't have to answer it. Let your clients know you have certain business hours and you'll respond within those business hours. I had this one time, I had an inquiry at nine o'clock at night and I responded at eight o'clock in the morning. And the person got back to me and said that, that they were really upset with me that I had taken so long to get back to them (laughs) and that they had actually gone with another photographer. And at first I felt this like feeling of shame, like I was a bad person, like bad business person wash over me. And then I realized I don't really want that client anyway. That sounds like a really high needs client. And if they're not going to respect that, I actually have business hours and a life and a family then they, they're not going to be, they're not the client for me. I don't need clients like that. That's fine. They can go to someone else. Yes. Yeah, sometimes what, thank God for an answered prayers. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't want all the clients for sure. You say if it's not a, if it's not a hell, yeah, it's a hell no. Yeah. Look, what is, tell me about that. Okay. So say for some, say for example, you get this inquiry and say you're, lukewarm about it. That's not a hell yeah to me. That's probably a hell no. But if you, then you get this inquiry and you're like, oh my gosh, this would be incredible. I would be so excited and lit up to do that. That's a hell yeah. So unless it's giving me, and not just inquiries from, from clients, really anything, any opportunity, if it's not lighting me up and it feels like a have to, not a get to, I don't really want to do it. And I make a lot of my business decisions that way. Just I have the wheels turning in my own head now. If it's <laughs> not, if it's not a have to, if it say that again. If it's not, it I don't want things to be a have to. I want them to be a get to. And even if it's, if it's reflect like how we say things like, "Oh, I have to go grocery shopping." What if it's like I get to go grocery shopping? Like, how does that feel in your body? Doesn't that feel different? I get to go grocery shopping. Ooh, that's gonna be fun. I get to go pick out some 
yummy produce. I get to go play in the freezer section and find all like the treats I'm going to bring home for my family. Like it just is such a different lens when you flip it like that. So I always just like to think of things like I have to, or I get to, how does that feel? Have you always looked at things that way or was there a turning point? I feel like this has been for me probably over. I I probably, I don't even know where I heard it. I probably heard it on a podcast, like over the past 10 years. And then it's just like have to, or get to, is it a have to, or a get to. And sometimes things are a have to, and it doesn't feel so good. And I, and you can't always turn a have to into a get to, but when it comes to like decision making things like, like, Oh, I have to go away for the weekend with this group of girls. Or do I get to go away for the weekend with this group of girls, right? Like it's such a different look. Right. But a while back, you also said that things all, the way you just, the way you view things are always going to work out like for the positive and in your favor. And so tell me, where did that attitude come from? Mm -hmm. Is that a, have you always seen the world that way? Is that something- I feel like that's just come with age. I'm 45 now. And I feel like, well, everything that I've ever gone through, even in the, when you're in the forest, like in the darkest dark, there's always like, there, for, for me, that's always led to something else. And I, or I've learned a lesson from it. Like even those frustrating situations or those heartbreaking situations, there has always been something that it's a lesson in it that led me to something else. So I just feel like, if I just, as long as I follow these, these divine breadcrumbs in my life, I feel like I'm always on the right path. Love that. Okay. So you have tons going on. Tell me how you juggle it all. So that was one of the things that we, that you said that you like to talk about is productivity. So I want your best yeah. tips. Tell us how to have oh, batch working, baby, batch, okay. work, batch, everything that you possibly can, not only in your business, but in your life. So batch working. So say, for example, you've got five sessions to edit. I do all my culling. I call every single session. Then I do my color corrections for all of them. Then I go through and run every, and all the actions that I've built on them. Then I do, and then everything that I do each session and then they're done. So it's like I batch certain tasks. If I have 20 emails to respond to, I just do all the emails and I batch that. I make my son's lunches once. I make all five lunches for the week on Sunday and then is done for the week. Like obviously we'll throw in a little leftover or, or whatever for the main dish, but mm-hmm. it's all the big things. Anything I can batch to time save, I will do. So are you have theme days? Do you do that? Oh as yeah, well? content days. I do YouTube days. I do pot like all my podcasts. I will do four or five podcasts in a day and I'll batch them and then they'll get all sent it to the editor. I do my shooting basically in batches too. Like I'll do a maternity and a newborn session in a day. Just if I'm filming for content this year. Yeah, anything I can do to maximize my time because you when you're content context switching between different activities too, you lose so much productivity and brain power. So it's just focus on that one thing. If I'm video editing, I only do video editing. I'm not jumping around doing other things too. So anything I can batch, I do. Okay. So now I love these kind of warm, fuzzy questions that we'll go into. And I know that we're all over the place today, but you just, like I said, you have so many, so much good information. I had to touch on everything. So if you had to give a photographer just starting out some advice, what would that be? That consistency is king, that you got to just keep showing up. 
even just keep at it. Keep taking bad photos. Keep asking for critique. Just keep at it because you are going to get there. You are going to get better. You're going to learn the lessons because nobody was born a master. And it's those tiny little micro lessons that you learn consistently over time that's going to get you to where you want to go. Do you see young photographers making the same mistakes? Are there a few that you see that? The mistakes that I often see with new photographers is usually new is with lighting, especially with newborn photography. It's typically up lighting. It's probably the easiest one to fix is like getting your lighting correct and tweaking the posing. As soon as they start getting confident in their lighting and their posing, that's when everything changes. Do you see any changes in our industry coming? Oh yeah. It's interesting with AI. I think it's really fascinating. And it's funny because you hear so many different things where it's like AI is bad. It's taking over and we're all going to lose our jobs. That's not true at all. Your clients aren't booking you just for the output that you're creating. They're booking you for the experience that they have with you. And I think that we have to remember that what we do is so vitally important. We are freezing a moment in time for a family, whether it be a newborn session or maternity or a family session of this is their family at this specific point in time. And we are leaving them with a legacy of memories. AI can't do that. AI is not going to make jokes with them in the field or in an urban session. AI is like, it's, it just, it's not. And I think, I think that AI can be such an interesting tool. I've been playing with it. I like making photography backdrops. And what's hilarious is AI is so silly because it doesn't understand certain things. And so if you say, okay, I I want a backdrop of a kitchen that puts 45 pots on a wall. It's just, it's so funny. It's so funny. So I think we just have to stop being so afraid that we are so replaceable because we're not. Have you used any of the editing, the AI editing? Have you played with that yet? Oh, I love it. I think it's really cool. I think that the the AI, AI editing, I think everything needs to be used as a tool, but not as a replacement for us. Like AI, like chat GPT, that is a great modality for using it as, say, for example, you're struggling on 10 different topics that you want to come up with content for Instagram for different reels. Well, plug it in there and see what AI has to say. And it can give you some really great ideas, but you it you can't outsource the actual thinking and the execution of the idea because AI doesn't know the nuances of our industry and of you. So I think just using it as a tool versus using it as something that it's going to you know, replace or take over. Something you couldn't live without in your business. Photoshop. <laughs> True. I love my Photoshop. <laughs> Biggest business mistake. Hmm. Biggest business mistake. I have a business mistake, honest. Can't really think of a business mistake. I think that they're all just business lessons. Right. And I don't know. Maybe going back to the beginning of your photography business. To like- my photography business, probably just undercharging. I think just, and really resisting the thought that people would pay me what I should be asking in order to run a profitable business back then. What's the best advice you were ever given? Probably under promise and over deliver. Mm. Go beyond your customer's expectations. Like how can you wow them? And yeah, find ways to surprise and delight them. Right. What's your definition of success? 
Mm, Time with my family, time off, being able to take a sabbatical, having the freedom to create what I want to create when I want to create it. I think being able to redefine what my definition of success is. At one point, it was having a six-figure photography business. I think now that's not the case. I think that being able to pivot and having the confidence to pivot when it doesn't feel like it aligns anymore actually is a definition of success. Thank you, Lisa. Will you tell everybody where they can find you and connect to you and listen to your great podcast, all the things? Awesome. You can find me on the socials at Milky Way Fun over on Instagram and TikTok. I'm over on YouTube with lots of free content over there, as well as the milkyway.ca where we've got our online classes and our online retreats. We've got a newborn retreat coming up in January of 2024 and a family retreat coming up in May of 2024. And you can find me on podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts at The Art and Soul Show. Thank you, friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm so inspired by Lisa's advice today. I love how she called it how it is. She never said you can avoid imposter syndrome, but more how we all experience it at some point, which I believe is so true. I especially love how Lisa didn't leave us there. She gave us so many great tips and tactics for taking imposter syndrome and using it to elevate our talent, work, and self-worth. I hope you found this episode to be as refreshing as I did. It really is true. We all go through some season of self-doubt and growing pains in our business. If you'd love to have a community of fellow motherhood photography business owners to share your struggles and heed advice from, I highly recommend that you join our free and private community on Facebook. Simply search the Motherhood Anthology community on Facebook or click the link in our show notes. We'd love to have you. I alluded to this quote by Maya Angelou, but wanted to circle back and truly give it the space it deserves here on the episode because it's so good. I've learned that people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So from Ireland to yours, until next time, friends.